The sermon outline is available uh, on the church app. If you don't have the church app, please download it. All right. Uh, like I mentioned, we have a song that was written for this conference, The Blood Speaks. That's going to be available for free tomorrow. When? Tomorrow. It's going to be available for free tomorrow. Those of you that are watching online, it's also available to you. That's, per, per, that's wonderful. That's exciting. Also, on the 11th of April, we are launching our online church, okay? And uh, that's obviously for those that can't make it here, whether you're here physically in Durban, South Africa, or anywhere in this whole wide world, and you sense the Lord wanting you to be a part of this house, connecting your heart with the heart of this house, the vision of this house, that, by the way, was started by our founders, Dr. Fred and Sister Nellie Roberts. And we're still in that same vision. Amen. And when we're gone, that vision will continue. And, uh, and 50 years from now, 100 years from now, should the Lord tarry, we'll still be in the same vision that was initiated 1979, actually, when the Lord called Pastor Fred and Sister Nell to start a house of prayer for all nations. And here we are in the fulfillment of that uh, vision. And the original building obviously burnt down, but we're in this building. Amen. And uh, we thank God for what He's done and how He's been able to bring it all about. And we give God all the praise and the glory. Can you say amen? All right. So the church outline, the notes are available in uh, on the church app, and we're going to look at uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8. And it says there, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Look at somebody and tell them the blood has a voice. Say it like you have a bit of faith. Those of you at home, you can say it as well. Let's all say together, the blood has a voice. One more time. Blood has a voice. And I want you to look with me. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Aren't you glad that there's lots and lots and lots of angels? There's actually more angels than fallen angels. Only a third of the angels fell and rebelled, which means there's two-thirds more angels. And there's more angels. And we should be thinking about more of the angels than the fallen angels, right? How many of you have never seen an angel? Never seen an angel? Never see, How many of you want to see an angel? Just keep looking here. I'm just kidding right now. <laughs> to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that's you and me, you and me, who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. You're a spirit being. Whether you like to realize it or not, you are spirit, soul, and body. Verse 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood 
of sprinkling, that's the blood of Jesus, that speaks better things than that of Abel. Bump your neighbor and tell them, the blood has a voice. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you as we come to your word today, that you and your word, as always, are one. And you said heaven and earth may pass away, but my word, my word will never, ever, 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 ever pass away. And I thank you this morning that as your word comes, it comes in the power and might of the Holy Ghost. I want to thank you today that we have ears to hear the voice that speaks through the precious blood of Jesus. And I want to thank you that it speaks for our good. It doesn't speak to condemn. It doesn't speak to judge. It doesn't speak to criticize. It doesn't speak to put down. It doesn't speak to expose and embarrass and shame. It speaks for our good. And I pray today, let every ear that is here hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And through the blood, I thank you. Let faith arise and a boldness and a confidence and an authority that comes from God upon every person in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen. All right. You still awake out there? You're awake? Okay. Praise the Lord. Those of you at home, again, welcome. Thank you for allowing us to come into your homes. Let us know where you're watching from. You can comment. You can be a part of the service, all right? The first thing that I want to tell you is the gospel that has been entrusted to you and I is a blood-stained gospel from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's a book that's filled with blood, all right? You say, well, that's a little bit gory. I'm just telling you as it is. And right at the very center of this blood-stained gospel lies the cross from which the blood of Jesus flows like a mighty river. And it's around the cross and the blood, the flow of this blood of Jesus, that everything revolves. If you think about a human body and you've got the heart in the middle of that body, more or less in the middle, it would be like the human heart from which life flows. As the blood comes in and gets pumped, it goes to every vital part of that body, every vital organ, and so it is with the gospel. It's a blood-stained gospel, and it is able and around which, through which the blood flows, around which everything is sustained. Amen? In God's eyes, I want you to know that everything is blood-stained because when he looks at everything, he looks at you, he looks at the earth, he looks at everything. He looks at it through the finished work of the cross. And when you think about heaven, heaven is actually a blood-stained throne as well. Uh, that was once upon a time a, a fiery throne of judgment. But when Jesus ascended on high, he entered not without blood. In other words, he entered with blood. And he presented his very own blood before the Father, and now... Because of the blood of Jesus, heaven has become a mercy seat throne. Man, isn't that good to know? Isn't that awesome to know this morning? Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you 
and tell you that it's important to know that because God is not an angry God that we serve with red eyes and smoke coming out of his ears and he's angry and we have to take a chicken and sacrifice a chicken because we have to try and appease an angry God. He's not an angry God. No, no, no. He's a God of kindness, a God of mercy. And it's because of what Jesus did. And not only that, when he looks at you and me, his church, his precious bride, multitudes of people, he sees them through the precious blood. You are a blood-stained church that has been purchased with the precious and priceless blood of Jesus. And it matters not what culture you are, what ethnicity you come from, whose family you belong to, what your surname is, what tongue you speak, what tribe you're from. It matters not how educated you are. It matters not how connected you are. What matters is, have you been washed in the precious blood of Jesus? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without the shedding of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Family, when you look at this verse of Scripture, you are reminded, you should be reminded that God can do anything but not without the blood. Say that with me. God can do anything. Say it like you have a bit of faith in this place. God can do anything, but not without the blood. That's right. In other words, people can come to know God, but not without the blood. People can find freedom, but that's right. People can be healed from all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, and maladies, but... And there is peace that you and I can know, true peace from the Prince of Peace. But, hallelujah, marriages can be restored and reconciled, but not without the blood. The curse of poverty and insufficiency can be broken, but not without the blood. Hallelujah. Hatred and anger can be done away with, but... Not without the blood. God can do anything, but not without the blood. And it begs the question then for us to ask, why is this blood so vital? And there are many reasons why the blood of Jesus is so vital, but one of the most important reasons is this, because blood has a voice and speaks. Would you look at somebody and tell them the blood of Jesus has a voice, and it speaks. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Human blood, I mean, the blood of Abel was speaking from the ground. Human blood has a voice and can speak. And you know what? When you cannot speak for yourself and you don't know what's wrong with you, your blood will speak for you. What do you mean? Well, that you go to the doctor and the doctor will extract some blood and they will do a blood analysis, put the blood in a vial and run all the tests. And when you cannot speak for yourself because you don't know what's wrong for, with you, your blood will speak for you. Hallelujah. Why? Because the blood has a voice. Bump your name and tell them the blood has a voice. 
Look at somebody behind you, on either side of you, there at home, and tell them, I keep telling you, the blood has a voice. Even when someone is murdered and the murderer will wipe the blood, the forensic team will come and there's a substance called luminal that will actually pick up the blood. Even when you've wiped it, the luminal will pick up the blood and in the blood is your DNA and it'll give everything pertaining to you that even when you are dead, your blood will speak. Why? Because the blood has a voice. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Come on now. And I want to tell you, if human blood can speak for you, how much more the blood of Jesus speak for you? How much more? Come on. If human blood can tell you what's wrong with you and what enzyme you're lacking and there's something wrong with your pancreas and there's something wrong with that and it can tell you all, 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 all about you, all about you, even when you are not even there physically, you are dead and the blood can speak, how much more the blood of Jesus speak for you and me? If the blood of Abel cried out vengeance, does the blood of Jesus cry out vengeance today? No, absolutely not. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us it speaks of better things. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them the blood of Jesus is right now speaking for you, not against you, for you, for you. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? So we're going to look and say, or, and ask the question, then what does the blood of Jesus say? What is it saying? What is it saying? And I'm going to just look at uh, uh, one passage of Scripture, Leviticus 17, 11, Old Testament, I know. But out of that, I'm going to share three things, what the blood is saying to you today and saying to me. And the first thing that I want to tell you is that Jesus' blood is life. Jesus' blood is life. Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the body is in its blood. For the life of the body is in its blood. For the, for the life that's in your body, the fact that you are alive and you are breathing in and breathing out lies not in the fact that your heart is pumping, but lies in the fact that you have blood. <laughs> because actually in the blood is a substance called hemoglobin. Without going into the physiology as you breathe oxygen in, that oxygen binds together with hemoglobin and through the blood it's transported through the vital parts of the body. All the different cells and organs are given the oxygen, the life, and at the same time the blood picks up all the byproducts all the waste products, and when you breathe out, you're breathing CO2, which is part of the blood. So the blood is responsible for breathing in and breathing out. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Hallelujah. And we're talking about natural blood, and natural life, biological life. But in the spiritual, it's Jesus' blood that carries life for your soul. And Jesus' blood says, I've come to give you life. Not biological life, not natural life, not physiological life, but the Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life, a kind of life that Jesus spoke about in John 10.10 10, when he said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
And in the Old Testament, the blood of animals just simply covered the people's sins, but it could never remove their sin. But Jesus' blood says, I've got the life to completely eradicate the sin that's in your life. And so I want to tell you today, family, that Jesus' blood cries life and not death. Right now, there's a voice coming out of the blood of Jesus, and it's saying life, hallelujah, speaking life into your physical body, your spiritual body, your emotional body. It's speaking life into your business, into your family. It's speaking life into your marriage, life into every part that concerns you. Can I get an amen? And there is life that ushers in forgiveness and healing. Life that says, I'm here to reconcile you back to the heart of God. Hallelujah! The truth of the matter is that in the Old Testament, the blood equaled the life of that animal. The blood of that animal was equal to the life of that animal. And the value of the blood was the value of the animal. That's the Old Testament. Now, when we bring it into the New Testament, we can say that Jesus' blood equals life. And the value of his blood is the value of that life. In other words, the value of Jesus' blood is the value of your life. Hallelujah. So when that means that that when the blood flows, and there's blood flowing this morning... The voice that's in that blood is saying, you are valued. You are loved. You are accepted. Why? Because the value of Jesus' blood is the value of your life. And through the blood, there's a voice that says, you're not undervalued. You're you're not devalued. You're valued. You're loved. When nobody else is saying, I love you, the voice in Jesus' blood is saying, I love you. When nobody else thinks that you're valued, there's a voice in the blood of Jesus that's saying, I think you're valued, hallelujah. When nobody else is embracing you and accepting you, there's a voice in the blood that says, I accept you. When everybody else rejects you, when everybody else has turned their backs on you and maybe spoken against you, there's a voice in Jesus' blood that is saying, you're valued, you are loved, and you are accepted. Would you lift your hands and say, the voice in Jesus' blood, the voice in Jesus' blood is saying, I am valued, I am loved, and I am accepted, and I receive that today. Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. What else does the blood of Jesus say? Jesus' blood is not only life, but it is life that is given. Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you, I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. I have given you. In order for the blood to be shed, life must be given. If they had to take the blood of that animal, they can't take the blood of that animal without the life of that animal being given. That, that animal 
had to sacrifice itself. And so the blood is sacrificial blood. And in the Bible, it's always meant to be that. But life given actually speaks of in my place. It should have been me, but Jesus took my place. He was my substitute, and it's what we call substitution. And substitution is necessary to forgive you and me and every sinner in this whole world. But what is also needed is not just substitution, but restitution. And life-given means the blood is my substitute, but it's also sufficient for my restitution, sufficient for my compensation, sufficient for my redemption. Hallelujah. And it takes both substitution and restitution to justify the sinner. And both come to us flowing in the blood of Jesus. And so the blood of Jesus said, I took your place and my blood paid the price in full. Aren't you glad the price has been paid in full? Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus took your place? Come on, when Adam sinned, the holiness of God and the righteousness of God demanded that sin be judged. And I think if we were living in the Old Testament, the earth would have opened up a long time ago and swallowed me for sure. I can tell you that right now. But thank God that Jesus took our place. Thank God that he, he wasn't snoop and came shortchanged. So look, I can, only, I can only give you my foot. You'll have, to put, you'll have to put in something. I mean, you're not coming into this partnership without putting something in. I'm putting my foot. What are you going to put? Huh? You're going to put your finger, your ear, your nose. What are you going to give? What, what are you going to? Thank God he paid the price in full. Bump your neighbor and say there's nothing that we can do. The price is paid in full. Jesus said, I took your place and my blood paid the price in full. Not only is Jesus' blood life, not only is it life that is given, but Jesus' blood is also life giving, giving. It's life-giving. Leviticus 17, 11, right at the end, it says, to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. What did Ezekiel say in chapter 18, verse 4? He said, behold, all, this is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, behold, just a few souls are mine. The English-speaking souls are mine. Just the Spanish-speaking souls are mine. Just the Kaza people, the souls of the Kaza people. Everybody else is excluded. What does he say here? All souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And then he says, the soul who sins shall die. The soul who sins shall die. So that's why I said to you, you know, the holiness and righteousness of God demanded that sin be judged when Adam fell short. And as a result of that, every human being has fallen short of the glory of God. Every human being is born and conceived in sin. And we carry the nature of sin. And because of that, the soul whose sins shall die means that God's judgment and fury should have fallen on us and we should have been 
and we should have died, but the blood of Jesus did something for humanity. What did it do? The blood of Jesus opened up the grave. Opened up the grave. Hallelujah. That's why for a Christian, even in death, there is victory. And I know there is loss, and it's sad. It's not a nice thing when somebody leaves us. But if they're a believer, and they're washed in the blood of Jesus, and their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we know the grave is opened. Even though we're putting that person in the box and burying them six feet underground, the earth cannot hold back a soul that's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. That box cannot hold back the soul of a man or a woman that's been purchased in the blood of Jesus Christ. Death cannot keep that person in the grave if his name or her name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. The grave has been opened. Hebrews 13 and 20 says, Now may the God of peace have brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. Brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. That great shepherd of the sheep. How? Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. <laughs> Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave through his shed blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, what? It says, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Ordinarily, men die and stay dead, but Jesus shed his blood. He died. They made sure by thrusting a spear in his side. But three days later, hallelujah, he conquered the grave. He conquered death. He came back to life. And the blood of Jesus says, even though you die, yet shall you live because I've opened up the grave through my shed blood. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? But not only did the blood of Jesus open up the grave, let me tell you, family, Jesus' blood also opened up heaven for you and for me. He didn't just open the grave and give us victory in death and then we're just floating around somewhere, but he said, I'm going to even open up heaven. He said that in Hebrews 9 and 12. It says they're not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. What did he do? He entered the most holy place. That's another term for heaven because there's no more of the holy the most holy place that was in the tabernacle of Moses the most holy place now is heaven in the presence of God it says there once for all having obtained eternal redemption Jesus ascended and entered heaven with his own blood and on the basis of his blood was his work on the cross accepted by the father when the father saw Jesus coming into heaven with blood, his own blood, he said, because of that blood, I now accept the work that you did on the cross. I accept the blood that was shed at the garden of Gethsemane. I accept the blood that came as a result of the whipping on your back. I accept the blood when they pushed that crown of thorns into your head and they plucked the beard from your face, the blood that flowed. I accept the work through the nails and the hands and the feet and the spear that was thrust in the side, the Father saw the blood. And because of that blood, hallelujah, Jesus' blood says, I've opened up the grave. No more fear of death. But not only that, I have 
also, you can boldly come into my presence because of the blood. Hallelujah. I want everybody here to know, those of you watching online, that you can come into the presence of God. You don't have to shirk on the outskirts and wonder in the Old Testament when the high priest on the Day of Atonement, once a year, would go into the holy place. They used to tie a string on his, a rope on his foot. Because if the blood wasn't enough and it didn't cover his sins, then in the most holy place, God would strike the high priest. And when they didn't hear anything coming from there, no sound, no movement, they would pull the rope, yeah, pull out the dead body. Who's next? Me? No, no, no. Not, who, who, who's next? No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. You go. You, you go first. You're older than me. You're next in line. You're next for promotion. Doesn't come with an increase salary. You're next. No, 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 not me. You go. Well, aren't you the son of... And, and that's, what, that's what would happen. And once a year, the high priest would go in. And as long as I heard the jingling of the bells, because he had on the bottom of his garment, he had pomegranates and there were bells that rang. And as long as I heard the jingling of the bells, it's okay. Jazz, it's okay. Woo, we live another year. Woo, Ryland, because you're next. If we don't hear the jingling, you're next, brother. But we hear the jingling. Look at somebody and tell them, thank God for the jingling. <laughs> Hallelujah. But aren't you glad it's not like that anymore? I wouldn't have liked to have lived back in those days, Wayne. I, I, I wouldn't have. Like I said before, I think the earth would have opened up long, long time ago and swallowed me whole. How about you guys? You're, you're a righteous bunch of people. Wayne's almost perfect. There's Dino there. Extra perfect. The earth would have opened up and swallowed me a long time ago. But thank God we're in the New Testament. And the blood of Jesus speaks life. And I want you to hear life this morning. When everything around you is saying death, close this and stop that and whatever, whatever, and the economy and I don't know what else and COVID and, and WHO and who, who and what, what, and I don't know. Who else is saying the blood of Jesus has a voice that speaks life? Hallelujah. When people around about you aren't valuing you and, and maybe they're abusing you, disrespecting you, speaking all kinds of manner about you, the blood of Jesus. The value of the blood is the value of the life. And the voice in the blood says, I'll take you. I'll love you. I'll value you. I'll accept you. You don't need to feel rejected and abandoned. People do crazy things because we're wrapped up in human flesh. But thank God there's a voice in the blood this morning. And I don't know who needs to hear that, but you're valued, you're loved. You're accepted this morning. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me as a young girl, as a young boy. Maybe you feel guilty and maybe you're saying, well, I deserved that. No, you didn't deserve that. People, people did crazy things and they did silly things and they did harmful things. Let me tell you, man without God is reduced to the level of a beast. But you're valued this morning because the blood, the voice in the blood 
The value of the blood is the value of the life. The value of the blood is the value of the life. And that blood says, you're valued. When nobody wants you, I want you. When nobody will embrace you, I'll embrace you. When nobody is prepared to forgive you, I'll forgive you. And I'll love you. And I'll accept you. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place this morning. You see, that's the power of sin. It has the power to devalue, to depreciate, to make you feel like trash. That's what sin does. And we believe that lie. And we feed ourselves that lie. And we live in this world with maybe anger and frustration and hatred and resentment because we believed a lie. And that's the power of sin. It has the ability to lie to us, make us feel like we're, we're just nobody. Well, whose child are you? I don't even know. You don't even know who your father is. My mom says I was a mistake. I haven't seen my dad, my mom, whatever. I don't know what lie it is that you have believed. But that's the power of sin. The power of the blood is because of the voice in the blood says, I'm ready to forgive you, change you, receive you, make you my own. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, those of you watching online right now, right now, you're away from God. You have no peace with God. And you feel ashamed, embarrassed, condemned, guilty. That's because of the power of sin that's operating in your life. I'm not trying to judge you, and I'm not here to pinpoint what your sin is. You know, you know that you're away from God. You have no peace with God. And the good news is you don't have to stay in that place. You say, Pastor, is there a place that I need to go to? Is there a rehab place? Is there a clinic? Is there a, a hospital of sorts? No. God will take you just the way that you are, just the way that you find yourself in the place that you are at right now. You might be at your lowest place, your most miserable place. And there's people watching online right now that you identify with this. The voice in the blood is speaking to you. The voice of Abel said, I need justice. I need to be recompensed. Somebody did me harm, and I need to be recompensed for the harm that came to me. But Jesus' blood cries mercy, cries forgiveness. It's not like God is not aware of our lives. He's not aware. It's like He's not, not aware of the sins that we did. I remember when I was sitting in, in, in this church for the very first time, 1982, and my life was flashing past me, and I saw all the things that I had done, all the terrible, wicked, selfish things that I had done. It wasn't like because it was me remembering. God, God was bringing those to my attention. God knows everything about you, but He wasn't showing me to, con to make me feel bad and like there's no hope for me. I, I was just there recognizing that without God, I'm actually lost. Without God, I'm actually in a very bad place. 
But God is here this morning. Jesus is here this morning. And His blood cries out and says, I'll take you. I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you. I'll justify you. I'll give you a brand new name. I'll put a brand new heart on the inside of you. I'll transform you. You see, religion cannot transform a person. And it'll try to dress you up and change the style of eating and maybe change your hairstyle and, and do a whole lot of rituals and a couple of steps here and a couple of steps there. But it can never, it can never transform you. Never do that. But the gospel can. And the blood cries for each and every one of you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, that's me today. I'm here. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I need Jesus' blood to cleanse me and forgive me. Those of you watching online as well, this is for you right there in, in your home. Maybe you're at your workplace. I don't know. But right now, I want those of you that say, that's me. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Would you say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. I repent today. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. Right now, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, those of you online, if you prayed that prayer, let us know on the comment section. Just tell us. You prayed that prayer, and we'll want to just rejoice with you. We want to pray with you. There are people right now available to pray with you. The details and contacts are on the screen right now, all right? And uh, we would love to just encourage you. Let's all stand up in this place just before we go, all right? Before we go this morning. You are my champion. Can we sing that one more time? Hallelujah. You're my champion. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you want. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. You promise confidence I'm defeated. the one I am. Yes, hallelujah. You are mine. You are my champion. I am who you say I am. Thank you for your word that's come to us right now. I speak life and blessing. I thank you for the voice of the blood that continues to echo in our hearts, in our minds, continues to resonate within us. That whatever this week may hold, let the voice of the blood speak. 
And I thank you that it speaks for better things. It speaks for our good and our advantage. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Family, you are blessed on behalf of my wife and myself. We want to wish you a very happy Good Friday, Easter morning. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. Tomorrow night, we'll be here Sunday morning. All right, goodbye. God bless you. Amen and amen.